Hello and welcome to Living Heritage, a show about people who are engaged in the heritage and culture sector, those who keep heritage alive at the community level. I'm Dale Jarvis, and today's guests are Lloyd Pike and Danielle Barron. And today is a special episode here on Living Heritage. We're talking all about that exquisite nighttime terror, the old hag, which will be familiar to many Newfoundland listeners, and which is, I think, something of a mystery to people who aren't from the province. Uh, Lloyd Pike is a retired teacher whose 32-year teaching career began on remote Pass Island, located off the Canadian Peninsula in Newfoundland's southwest coast. And uh, Danielle Barron was born and raised in St. John's. She is an avid reader and baker, works at my favorite restaurant in, uh, in St. John's, and both of them have had experiences with the old hag. Lloyd and Danielle, welcome to the show. Well, good morning. Good morning. Good morning. Well, I'm delighted to be here. And today, as we record this, it is a beautiful, you know, foggy, rainy <laughs> day. Like you're coming and you're saying this is a perfect day it's to the talk, about, day, <laughs> talk about the old hag. That's what it was like, yeah. Yeah. So um, for, for people who don't know about the old hag, maybe to, to place the hag into a bit of uh, context, the hag refers back can refer to both kind of the experience of having the old hag, but it can also refer to the, the actual, you know, the, the creature that's involved in, yeah. in, in it. And it's, it's essentially a type of sleep paralysis, and it can take yeah. many different forms, but it's generally where someone wakes up or feels they have woken up, can't move their body, and they have some very strange uh, yeah. experience, which some people believe to be supernatural and some people believe to be purely medical. Uh, yeah. kind of experience yeah. kind of blurs the lines between those two things so maybe uh, Lloyd we'll start with you because I know you have this great story about uh, you having an experience yeah uh, well I, I subscribe to medical theory I think yeah. it's, it's the you know part of your brain that uh, keeps you from thrashing about acting out your dreams is still working after you regain consciousness and so you're paralyzed however having said that um when I had my hag, I, I had never heard of the old hag. So uh, what surprised me was the vividness of the experience and the nature of the experience. Yeah. Uh, now, I'm not a person who believes in, frank up front, I don't believe in ghosts or any of that sort of thing. Uh, it just doesn't strike me. I'm not a spiritual person or anything like that. However, uh, it was so vivid and it stayed so long and had such a profound impact on me that sometimes I wonder. I have to be honest, but uh, do you want me to tell you what happened? Yeah. So, so okay. when when did this happen? That happened. Well, it was somewhere between nineteen in nineteen seventy two seventy three over the, the course of my first teaching year on Pass Island. Now, you need to understand. Don't mind me taking a moment to tell you. Yeah. Uh, to understand Pass Island, you need to know where it's located, which is way down on the southwest coast. For people who are, are not used to approaching communities, Newfoundland, from, by sea, which is the best way to approach communities, if you want to understand Newfoundland, to get there, you would drive to uh, Bishop's Falls, spend several hours driving towards Bay Despair, turn off, drive another hour and a half or two, and then take another turn off and drive another hour and a half or two, and then you would come to this little community, but you're not there. That's Hermitage, right? <laughs> then you would drive a little bit further uh, down uh, towards the... Uh, the southeast, and uh, you come to another little tiny little remote community, but you wouldn't be there yet. <clears throat> That's the call. So you keep on going, you run out of road, uh, uh, come to this government wharf, and look across this narrow body of water, water which as you probably know is called a tickle in Newfoundland, and there would be Pass Island. And when you're on Pass Island, on a good day, you can see Micklin on the horizon. So it's very remote, a very barren island. Every tree had been cut down and burned and used for things over the years. So uh, it was very rocky. 
a couple of very high points to land, very low. Where you would arrive on Pass Island after crossing the Tickle uh, would be in, in a little community area called Tickle. The whole island only had a few hundred people on it. Uh, and then there'd be, there was a little goat path that basically, there were two jeeps on the island, and that's how things were moved around. And they believed they had a hard time. So uh, <clears throat> you had Tickle, which is where you would land, and then you'd move off a little bit to the east, and you'd come, go up over some knobs, past the church and the school and a little hall, down over a little knob, and there'd be a kind of a, the only flat space on the island, where there was a little cove called Mooring Cove, which rose up on the west and went down on the east, and uh, the wind would howl through there. And uh, that's where I was staying in a boarding house, inside of the school. And then uh, if you go up to the west, you come to, well, western end, <laughs> which is where the lighthouse uh, <laughs> Uh, was kept, was and uh, the life is important in this story because it, it was part of the dream uh, and they had one of these which was modern at the time and the light uh, the, the foghorn would sort of go and then you would hear this repeat out over the water it had that sort of spooky kind of sound to it it wasn't the old groaner type so on this particular night uh, it was very very dark now if you've never lived in a community that has no street lighting and, and not much electrical lighting you don't realize how dark dark could be. It's absolutely pitch dark. You cannot literally see your hand in front of your face. And this was a night like that. It was a very, very dark night. It was foggy. I could hear the foghorn going. And in the, in the room where I was sleeping, uh, in the boarding house, it was an old salt box type. I was a, a upper floor. And uh, the doors were all kept open in the night because in true Newfoundland style, all the heat was turned off in the night. And it was cold. So the last little vestige of heat would rise into your room, you hope. The very small room that I was in had a bed which was jammed up against the wall, uh, and then there was a little, uh, sp a little sort of space which ran towards the door, and there was a little dresser there. It was a window next to the door uh, uh, with an old-fashioned handmade lace curtain on it, and then there was the door, and that was it. There was not a lot of room there. And uh, in the nighttime when you're lying there, uh, you, with all the lights off, it was very, very dark, as I said. You could see in the window a little slight illumination, a little, a little flick, sort of like, like that. And that was a beacon light which was up on the hill. And uh, was, I guess, I don't know, for mariners or whatever. And that would constantly flick, flick, so you get that. And you, in the outline of that light, you would see the pattern in the lace curtain. So, and then, and this particular night, the foghorn was going. So I was lying in bed, and, you know, as you do, getting the last thoughts of the day, settled away, and so on. And uh, it was all very quiet, and I was looking at this in the window, and waiting for sleep to come on me. And I guess I fell asleep. And if you've, I don't know if you've ever had the experience where you fall asleep, but you think you're still awake. And this is what was happening. Uh, it was, everything was so real, I was, I thought I was still awake. So I was just lying there and listening with the foghorn, with the light. And I was just lying there, waiting for sleep to come on. Of course, I was already asleep. And then I, I felt that someone had come to the door. But of course, I couldn't see anyone because it was so dark. But I just knew someone was there. In the same way when you're sitting down in your couch and you feel someone's in the room, you turn around and someone has walked in and you didn't think you heard them. But it was something like that. So I said, waited for someone to speak, perhaps the landlady checking on me or something, or her mother who was prone to do that. No, it was no, nobody spoke. Uh, and um, so I waited. And then I had the sense that the person was walking into the room. So at this time, the, as I said, the beacon was flick, flick in the window, which is the only little bit of illumination you could see in the whole room. And I was waiting for the shadow of someone to pass in front of uh, 
that window, but nothing happened. But then I had the sense that the person was standing next to the bed looking down at me. And at this point, I started to get that little creepy feeling up the back of my spine, you know, because this is odd behavior. Still waiting for someone to say something. And all the while that this was happening, the beacon was still flick, flick, and the foghorn was still, and everything was the same, except someone was standing there, something, I guess, someone I thought. And then I had the sense that the person was moving through the bed. Now, at this point, you would think, well, I know I must be asleep, but it wasn't like that. It was just, I'm having this experience. Something is, someone is here, and they're moving through the bed. And as they got to the point where I was lying in the bed, and they moved through where my body was, I felt this bone-chilling cold. It just, I had never felt so cold. It would, I could feel it still almost. It went right to the bone. And I was just just lying there, and, you know, it's beginning more and more terrified all the time. And then the person moved through where my body was, and the, the cold went away, or the warmth returned. They went to the, to the wall, and then I felt the person come back through me again. And again, as they passed through me, I could feel this bone-chilling cold through me. All the while, the fog arm was in the... With that repeating sound, and the beacon was... And then the person passed through me, and the warmth returned. And then... I guess the second most terrifying thing was that I felt the person was in the room, but I didn't know where. And it was very scary. And then I felt hands come up through the, the, the bed and grab me by the biceps and begin to pull me down through the bed. And that's the moment I snapped, snapped awake. And I couldn't move. I'd never had experience. Like, I absolutely could not move just my eyes. And I swear I could still feel the the imprint, I could still feel the pressure of the fingers on my biceps pulling me down through the bed. And I was very, very tense. And I laid there a long, 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 long time like that. And eventually, movement came back to me and I, I could move and the, the sensation went away in my arms. But the terror didn't. I was absolutely terrified. And of course, the next day, when I told people about this dream, they said, oh, that was the old hag. And I said, what's that? I never heard of that, right? So they told me stories and so on and, and, and whatever. But you know what? I, um, I had the habit of working in school in the evening because I wasn't a person who was afraid of things like that. I would not be out after dark for weeks after. I just couldn't do it. That was my experience. And that was my one and only experience. Of the old <laughs> Your one and, only. Did, one and only. Daniel, does any of that sound familiar uh, to you? Or is that... Uh... It's, a, it's a bit different. Yeah. Um, mine probably happened a couple times a year. And unfortunately, when I talk about it, it tends to happen a few days later. So I really hope it doesn't. It's one of those things I'll tell someone we'll about. To, we'll have to check back. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it's, I could be having just a normal dream and, uh, or a nap. It's really weird. And, um, and, then, and then I'm, of course, I feel like I'm awake. And it's the whole paralyzed feeling. And I, I'm conscious because I'm like, okay, I know what's going on, but I'm also like, I can barely breathe. Like it's, it's like something's pushing down on me, but it's not. It's, it's no ghost kind of thing like that. But, and I'm trying to wake myself up, and it's the worst. It's all, it's, it's such a bad feeling, and it's really scary because I, I'm trying to will myself to get up, and I just can't. You know, and yeah, yeah it's just an awful feeling, and it only happens a few times a year, but. I just hate it. And how how old were you when you when this first kind of happened to you? Do you think? I said it happened 
I don't know, six, seven years ago, Yeah, I started having it. And I told my mother, and she's like, that's the old hag. And <laughs> I was like, oh, goodness. And, um, yeah, it, it's just awful because it, it just happens. I, I never know when it's going to happen. Yeah. And when it does, it's just awful to try to get yourself out of it. I, you know, it's interesting you said, like, sometimes it happens when you're having a nap. Yeah. And I've heard that from other people, yeah. that, that sometimes it's a thing that does happen you know, when you are sleeping at a time when you're not normally sleeping. That it yeah, I find the nap. Yeah, nap. it happens more when I'm having a nap. Yeah. yeah. So that, had you ever heard of this before your, before it had happened to I'd you? I'd heard about it. I think I heard about it in school in Newfoundland history. Yeah. When we touched on that. Because um, I think it is one of these more, things. It's more like they described it more like a dream of, you know, but it's, it wasn't had nothing to do with my dream. It was more the physical the physical sensation of being the sensation down. of yeah. and you can't move you're just you're just trapped yeah and and i really i can't breathe and it's it's when i do get out of it it's a big jolt and it's like it's just it's just awful and can you see the room around you while it's happening or sometimes yeah. like one time i did and i remember um i could kind of see a little bit it wasn't like everything you know what i mean i could i could open my eyes a little tiny bit and yeah. kind of see but not not a lot. And usually I can't. Usually I'm kind of stuck in whatever dream I was into, but I'm, I'm half awake, half asleep. Yeah. Do you know? It's, yeah. It's kind of hard to explain. So now do you ever see a figure of a person? No. Or just, you just get the never, sensation? Never. I never get a yeah. f- figure or, or ghost. But or, uh, like you very clearly had this yeah, idea that there was the, a person. I would use the word of presence. Yeah. Mine was never. Never quite like that. Never quite like that. Yeah. No. Oh, mine was very palpable. It was a presence. That's what yeah. Was. Yeah. That's and you and you could see, like as you said, you could see the light. You were you were yeah. aware of your surroundings, and it was, then it was, it was, I was totally convinced I was awake. Yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. Even when the experience began, but then the terror took over. Yeah. But yeah, there was a that was the that was the real scary thing. I guess it was such a sense of a presence in the room, and behaving in this unusual way, you know. And then it, it was a physical experience. Uh, it's just amazing, right? If I was a, I think if I was going to be a person who believed in ghostly visitations, that would have been it for sure. <laughs> yeah. I, I, and I, you know, I'm looking at it back now over a period of time. I, I, I can't quite remember what I thought. Maybe for a while it caused me to wonder. I don't yeah. know. I, I wouldn't be out after dark. But yeah. it never happened to you again. That it was, never happened again. It's funny because I'll, I'll get it, you know, like on a, said, on a somewhat regular basis. But you've yeah. never, you've had it that one time. I've talked to lots of people and they all have, you know, they had lots of times, right? Yeah, that's... But no, yeah. it was a one-off experience. So yeah. That, that's what's different, I guess. That's what's mind. different, yeah. Yeah. But the the sense of the presence, uh, you know, uh, a lot of people have had that. And a lot of people talk about a weight on their chest, too. Yeah. Mm-hmm. A lot of people tell me they felt like someone was sitting on them or they had, you know, something tight in their chest somewhere. Mm-hmm. I didn't have that. I had that pulling down through, right? Uh, Danielle, as mm-hmm. someone who gets it, has had it more than once, yeah. uh, have you ever heard anything uh, like a... A way to prevent you from getting the old hag? Oh, I don't. I don't know. No, I've never. Heard. My mother just said it, it happens, but it. I don't know how to prevent it. I never. I used to sleep on my stomach. Yeah, I always slept on my stomach, and I found like this happened like six, seven years ago, and I start. I wake up on my back. I was never. I was always sleeping on my stomach but I never I started sleeping on my back and I heard medically that that's what happens something to do with when you do sleep on your back this can happen right that's what I heard yeah mm-hmm. so there's, there's interesting that's it there's interesting little bits of Newfoundland folklore that I that I've heard um, that uh, if you 
feel like you're if you're in the middle of the hag kind of being attacked one thing that i've been told by some newfoundlanders is that uh, if you can recite the lord's prayer backwards <laughs> which seems like yeah. which seems like quite a feat in itself and yeah, i don't know if definitely. i could do that awake a little yeah frontwards i'm good but uh, yeah i've been told that if you if you can recite it backwards that that the old hag will wow. stop and uh I, there was one folk remedy that I that I loved, and it was if you if you constantly had the old hag um, mm. and and slept on your back, people would say yeah. that if you took a, a shingle, like a wooden roofing shingle, oh, okay. and drove a nail through the wooden shingle, and then like put it tied it to your chest, <laughs> oh, yeah, that when the old hag came and went to <laughs> sit, went yeah. to sit on you, then the old hag would get this nail up her, up her, oh, her behind, right? <laughs> I just had this vision of, you know, rolling over in the middle of the night and yeah, impaling yourself crazy. on this shingle. But you know, now that you mention it, I, I remember, obviously, when I when I woke, I was on my back because, mm-hmm. you know, my hands were like this and, you know, I was being pulled down through the bed. So yeah. maybe I was sleeping on my back the whole night. Yeah. You know? I never knew what the old hag was. I didn't grow up in, in Newfoundland. Okay. And so no one talked about the old hag. Like, the old hag is a, really a Newfoundland, very Newfoundland, thing, a very yeah. Newfoundland term for it. Yeah. And something which I now recognize as being similar to an old hag experience is that I would kind of be in that state that is halfway between waking and sleeping mm-hmm. and, and being unable to move. Mm-hmm. And I would hear footsteps. And the footsteps would be kind of walking and walking and walking. And then the footsteps would get faster and faster and faster, like as if they were kind of running towards me. Mm-hmm. And I realized, and then I would kind of wake up, yeah. right? I'd be able to wake myself up. And I realized years later that what was actually what I was actually hearing was my own heartbeat. Wow. <laughs> you know that I, that I, that oh, was really? That, really? that I, I could I was I could wow. I was feeling it, was it that, or healing yeah. it. And then as I got more panicked, of course my heart would uh, <laughs> it would get, get louder faster and faster, sense. louder, yeah. louder, and that would be the footsteps running wow. closer. Um, there's another uh, kind of sleep reflex that I have, which is kind of the the inverse of the old hag. Instead of being asleep and not being able to wake up, when I fall asleep, I I, I often um, kind of jump back awake, or I feel like I'm tripping. I I've had that. I've had that too. I've had that quite often yeah yeah and me ap- too and apparently that's the it's a similar reflex that's yeah. it's kind of that uh you know like your body when you're asleep you you are kind of held in this state where your limbs don't move whatever mm-hmm. so that, and so you don't get up and walk around yeah. the house yeah. or things like that yeah. you know um and it's that it's that Im- impulse kind of kicking in that that reflex that yeah. uh, hypnopompic well, or hypnagogic reflex in action I, i've yeah. definitely done that and i yeah, walk up and, and punching it into the air a couple of times yeah right which is it's really odd for your partner yeah <laughs> <laughs> if you happen to have one at the moment Right? Yeah, absolutely. I, yeah, I've had the opposite. Yeah. Now, Lloyd says he's not a not a believer in strange things. Now, have you, uh, Danielle? Have you had other kind of experiences that you would consider to be supernatural or paranormal in any way? No, but I'm pretty open minded. Yeah. You know, I I believe somewhat. You know, and I mean, it's yeah. We were having a little chat, and you said like uh, things like um, mediums. Mediums are very you, interesting to me. I mean, yeah. you know, there's some of these shows I watch that okay how would they really know this stuff and they're really good you know this one woman Teresa Caputo and she was in the grocery store and she just ran into somebody it's not even all set up as you know she meets someone like that she could be out anywhere and you know I think there's something you know have you ever had your had your fortune told uh no no never no Never had your cards read or anything no, like that? No, I don't I don't believe in the card stuff. No. No, I don't like that stuff. What about tea leaves? My mother used to read tea leaves. Oh, did my she really? My mother's yeah? a Scottish war bride. 
Yeah. Oh. People would come to her for that. She wouldn't charge for it. So how did so she came to Newfoundland after the war? She uh, uh, yeah. Well, during the war, my father was in, a sailor during the war. Okay. Uh, the Second World War, obviously, and uh, uh, he was badly injured when a ship was sunk during the Battle of the Atlantic. Yeah. And, uh, so he was discharged. So they moved to to Newfoundland and. Uh, they went back again, and I was born over there, and uh, eight years later, they moved back here again. And uh, somewhere along the way, she picked up tea leaf reading, and uh, she used to do that all the time. So can, how would she do it? What would she do? Well, uh, ideally, you'd have china cups. Yeah. <laughs> you'd have real tea leaves. You have to drink tea first, okay? And it's important to drink. Uh, as My memory maybe is not as good as it used to be, but you'd have to drink all the tea, okay? And then you take the cup and put it on your hand. And you have to turn it, and I can't remember clockwise or counterclockwise. Where you start off with the with the handle of the cup pointing to your heart, and turn it two times so it came back around to your heart. And you remove the cup. Of course, get discard the leaves that are in your hand, and the leaves that stayed in the cup, mm-hmm. the ones that that were red, right? And once my mother tried to explain it to me, you know, because I was curious about that. And she said, this configuration would mean this, and this would mean that, and so on. But uh, I can't recall. So the loose but leaves form little patterns, form and, patterns. and a skilled tea leaf reader <laughs> can... A skilled tea leaf reader would look at the patterns, yeah. and she would tell... I know it may, it was, I sat in a number of them, and it amazed me uh, how explicit she would be, you know, that this will happen, and so on. And she had a pretty good record, you know. Yeah. She herself uh, was given a uh, soft fortune teller in Scotland. And uh, <clears throat> she told me about that as well. And she said that um, that uh, you got to re- realize that this time my mother was probably like maybe sixteen or seventeen years old, a young uh, uh, girl in a working class class family in Greenock, Scotland, which is a big shipbuilding port. Yeah. And uh, she and her sister went to the other side of the town, okay, where they weren't really known, and saw this. Uh, went to see this fortune teller, and mother told me that when she walked in the door. The fortune teller said, stop. And she said, I can see your grandmother above you. And her name is Mary, which was my grandmother's name. <laughs> so that kind of got her attention, you know. Uh, my mother would all think a point saying, so they went to a different part of the town where they normally, where they didn't normally visit. You mm-hmm. know, so that it wasn't someone like... Who, who, who knew who they were, sure, yeah. So that was important to, to mother. And uh, uh, so anyway, uh, she told her a bunch of things. And one thing she said... She said that you'd, you will cross the Atlantic Ocean twice, which she did. Now, if you count over and back as one trip, mm-hmm. right? She did. Now, here's a 16 or 17-year-old working-class girl in Greenwich, Scotland, okay? And she's telling her she's going to cross the Atlantic Ocean twice, which she did. And she said, you're going to be a widow, a young woman, which she was. She was 38 when Dad died. He was 43. And she said, you're going to marry twice. She didn't. <laughs> However, she had a gentleman friend for many, 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 many years. Yeah. Which would certainly count as a, as a uh, cohabiting. They didn't live together, but they were together. Yeah. For years and years and years. Makes you wonder, doesn't it? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, that's a pretty good record. And so people would come, people knew of this talent oh, that yes. she had, and they would come to the house? And they would come to the house and ask, will you read my tea leaves? And she said, yes, yeah. And did she, did she charge for this, no, or is this no. something she just did because, no, she just uh, yeah. Did. No, she wouldn't charge. Interesting, yeah. She said that it wouldn't work if she charged. Yeah, and I've heard that about other things. Yeah. Like, I've heard that about people who can cure warts, you know, for example, oh, really? that, you, that you would never pay that person. <laughs> yes, I've that, heard, yeah. Because that yeah. would break, the, yeah. break the, the charm or something. Yeah, yeah. I knew yeah. like that, seventh son and seventh son kind of thing. Yeah. And he was just the seventh son, I think. Right. Well, people would ask him to, to, to do the work thing, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Now, d- growing up, was your family uh, interested in kind of these stories? Were they, were they, was it a storytelling family? Did they? No, not 
not really. I'd heard about things. Was not no, yeah. not like that. You grew up in town, right? Yeah, my father is from Grand Bank, so we'd go out there a couple times a year and visit my family out there. And they were more, you know, I remember one time being out there and um, one of my cousins actually had warts and my mm-hmm. one of my aunts, you know, took the wedding band and did this thing. And, you know, it was like, I was like, oh, okay, you know. And did it work, do you know? Apparently it did, yeah, yeah. for her, yeah. How long after did it work? Oh, it didn't take long, apparently. <laughs> That's what I wonder about. You know? How yeah. long does it take? Because the warts will go away, right? I use that. I used that. <laughs> this is the skeptic here. Oh, yeah, they're going to go away anyway. Yeah, the skeptic. Mine was the, the cut the potato in half. <laughs> the cut the potato in half, yeah. You're one half of the garden, and, yeah. and then you rub the other half on your hand and yeah. discard that. Yeah. And they only wait that one, actually. Yeah. But I can't remember how long. Right? Yeah. I, I remember talking to a fellow from uh, from Bay Roberts, and he was he was telling me a story about how he had, he had gone into a shop, and he had warts on the back of his hands, and he was you know mm-hmm. just buying something in the shop yeah. in, in Bay Roberts, and there was an old fellow there. Mm-hmm. And the old fellow said, uh, you know, I noticed your hands. He said, you got warts in your hands. And the young fellow said, oh, yeah, I can't get rid of them. You know? And he said, yeah. go see this lady in Spaniards Bay. Yeah. And huh. so, and he put it off, and he put it off. And then he said, finally, he said, I'm going to go do it. So he went and, he went and called this woman up and said, yeah, she said, yeah, come over. Mm-hmm. And uh, he went in, and she, he, she said, show me your hands. And he showed her, her hands. He showed her his hands. And uh, she just kind of looked at them, and she said, okay, she has, I'll, I'll send those away for you. And she said, uh, when you leave this house, do not say thank you. And he said, okay. <laughs> and they had a little chat, you know. Yeah. And then he said, okay, well, I should be leaving. And he got up and he said, all right, thank you very much, ma'am. And, and she's like, oh, she's like, and she got right angry at him, right? <laughs> because like, he, said thank you. he said, thank you. She's like, you're not allowed to say thank you. She said, you got to get out. Just go and don't, yeah. don't say thank you. And so he left. Yeah. And, he, and he said that it worked. Like, oh, it, wow. it vanished, yeah. Oh. And I've heard, you know, that there are, you know, there are still people around oh, that, yeah. that can charm warts. And, oh, yeah, uh, I've heard of that. I've met yeah. people yeah. that myself, yeah. 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 But, you know, in my, my mother's family, uh, there was a great belief in signs and communication from some sphere. Oh, yes. You know, yes. beyond the, the normal. The Scottish side of the family? Uh, the Scottish side of the family. <laughs> yeah. Well, my, my grandmother was, was a canon from Ireland. Yeah. But she married my, my grandfather, who was from the Isle of Jura. He was a, a cutty, right? And uh, so she had a lot of uh, beliefs. And she, for example, once a window, uh, a bird came and pecked in the window. Yeah. And grandmother said, that's uncle so-and-so has died. Yeah. Which he had. And then uh, she herself predicted her own uh, death. Uh, she was, according to my mother, she was walking home from church on Sunday. And uh, her friend said, uh, as they parted, her friend said, I'll see you next week. She said, you won't see me. I'll be in so-and-so's gardens, which was the name of the cemetery. Right. And she died that week. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. Wow. So I don't know. <laughs> I don't, uh, you know. If yeah, coincidences happen. I mean, let's face it, right? It's a big world. And, yeah, this, and but I, still, it makes you wonder sometimes. Yeah, and I love those kind of token yeah. stories about like people getting warnings of death. You yeah. know, and it's interesting that, the, that 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 it is that Scottish connection. You know, yeah. I, a few years ago, I was in Cape Breton, and we were having a discussion. And in Newfoundland, we call them tokens or mm-hmm. you know yes. warnings, but uh, in Cape Breton, they call them uh, forerunners. You have a forerunner okay. that someone is going to die. Yes. And this woman told me a story about how she had been a nurse in an old age home. Uh-huh. And she was young. Like she was, it was her first job. She was in, new in the, in the old age home. And she was there, and there was a, a, you know, an older one of the residents and then an older nurse who was with her, or a nursing assistant or something. And um, the, young, the young woman heard what she thought were sleigh bells. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and she looked at the, the older woman, and she said, did you, did you hear that? And the woman said, yeah, we'll talk about that later. 
and they finished what they were doing and they were and they left and and the young nurse said to the older one she said what was he said did you, did you did you hear that did you hear those sleigh bells and the woman said oh yeah and she said that was a that was a forerunner and she said and that man will die by the end of the week no and sure enough he never he really? did he absolutely did oh yeah and so she had this story and she's and then apparently and i've heard that from other play that other yeah. places that it's like uh, that's a very Scottish belief yes. that, or Irish belief that you'll see or hear yes. horses, like a death, wow. like yeah. the, which represents a yeah. death coach, like yeah. the funeral yeah. coach coming yeah. to to take yeah. someone away. Yeah. yeah, wow. But a bit rarer here. That that particular yeah, one's rarer here that. in Newfoundland. Yeah. I haven't heard that. No, I haven't heard that. Yeah. I never heard that. No, no. no. It's interesting. Huh? Yeah. Not as many. I don't know if there's. It's interesting, you know. You talk to people who are from um, more rural places, like in St. John's. There's lots of story about, about haunted houses. Yes, but not. But maybe the superstitions are just a little bit different in town. I know? think it's yeah, different I when you so, go. Yeah. Well, I mean, I spent a number of years working at uh, the Briggs. Right? Yeah, Briggs for a while. There's lots of things out there. Yeah, I absolutely. bet it's different. Yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Did you ever hear about haunted houses growing up in in St. John's? Were there places that you knew were no told to stay away from? No. Yeah. Well, I'll give you a list later because <laughs> you work okay. right, you work right downtown, and there's some great right yeah. near you. There's a there's a very famous haunted house. Yeah. Uh, well, that 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 is we're coming very close to the end of our end of our time here. You know, it goes it goes so very very quickly. Yeah. Uh, so I want to thank you both for coming in and sharing your experiences with the old hag, Danielle. I really hope that now you don't go home. <laughs> yeah. and, I know. Ha- and have the old hag now that we've Me talked neither, about but. it, and and like maybe it'll, maybe she'll come visit you now because she's Again. only visited you once. You know. Oh. So. <laughs> You're overdue for another oh, visit. Yes. Thank you for that, too. <laughs> <laughs> oh my. All right. Uh, Thank you very know. much, both of you. You've been listening to Living Heritage on CHMR. I'm Dale Jarvis, and our production assistant is Tara Barrett. Living Heritage is a production of CHMR Radio 93.5 in collaboration with the Intangible Cultural Heritage Office of the Heritage Foundation of Newfoundland and Labrador. You can find us online at ichblog.ca or on iTunes. Thanks for listening.